Hi folks, Curtis Shelburne here, and welcome to the Focus on Faith with Curtis Shelburne podcast. A good place just to be and breathe and hang out for a while as we share some words about life in Christ. And that's all of it, I think. Life, that is. The good, the bad, the fun, the sad, the deepest joys, the toughest sorrows, all of it. I think we're going to have a good time here, and I hope you enjoy this. I hope you tell your friends about it, and I hope you come back. This episode, episode number 38, is called, You're the Hangnail of My Life. Well, that wasn't the first title that I had in mind. Actually, the first title was this one. Some of God's best gifts are background blessings. And that is true, and we're going to talk about that. I just hoped that maybe you're the hangnail of my life would catch your attention a little bit more, maybe more quickly and maybe a little more seriously on a funny note. And so here we go. You'll see that uh, hangnails and background blessings all kind of come together as we talk about this in just a little while. Well, it's good to be aboard again on this. I noticed just the other day that we're up to over 2,400 downloads. Now, if you're really a serious podcaster, I mean with serious sponsors and serious downloads and all of that, that wouldn't be all that impressive. You'd probably want 2,400 downloads and a lot more than that just on one episode in maybe a week. But, you know, for us, for me, and for you guys who've chosen to come along on this journey, I think that's pretty good. So I'm happy about that, and I really appreciate your listening, and I really do appreciate you telling some other folks about it. If you think they would enjoy this, good night. We'd love to have them aboard with us. Background blessings. You know, I was trying to think of some things that might lead into that, and I hope you'll think of some things as well. It really is true that some of God's best gifts are the background blessings of our lives. It's nothing that we maybe think about all that head-on that often in a focused sort of way, but we just suddenly realize, wow, life is so much sweeter because of the background blessings. I'm going to mention just a few here, but you get up in the morning and you look out and there's that sunrise, and it's just gorgeous. Now, here we have a good bit of wind, way more often than I wish we did. We have a good bit of dirt in the air on occasion because of that same factor. Yeah, a little sand gets kicked up for sure. But I'm told, and I kind of hated to hear this, but it's interesting. I'm told that one of the reasons that we have such absolutely gorgeous sunrises and sunsets is because of some of that particulate matter in the sky. Well, I'd hate for it to come upon us with no benefit at all, you know. So it's really neat. It's amazing that such beauty can come out of something that really is kind of disgusting when you get right down to it. At least it is to me. And then you have, on the other hand, a day when the rain comes. You have our annual rainfall, which comes, you know, we get about 16 inches in one day. It's kind of hard to get rain at the times you want rain here and in the amounts that you want rain here and all of that. But it does rain on occasion, and it washes the sky out, and you have that beautiful clarity, and you get up in the morning, and it just smells so good. It smells like rain. It smells clear and beautiful, and I love that too. A background blessing. You can live life 
Well, you can live life for a while without water, but you can live life and you can go on and you can get up and go about your activities and all of that just fine for a while without some of these beautiful blessings. But what a neat thing it is to wake up in a morning and realize, oh, we just had a life-giving rain. It's so clear. It's so beautiful. I love this. You know, the background blessings that I'm talking about are just kind of the extras that God gives us. I was reading a Sherlock Holmes mystery the other day. I've really enjoyed rereading some of those and reading some for the very first time. It's fun to spend time with Holmes and Dr. Watson. But Holmes took off on a little bit of a riff in one of the short stories, and he talked about the fact that color is extra. That color in this life is one of the things that he says proves to him that there is a divine being. He gives us an extra, this divine being. He gives us an extra. It wouldn't be absolutely necessary, but he's a divine being with joy and beauty in his soul. And he gives us this extra, beautiful colors. And yeah, there are some biological reasons that some plants have the colors that they do and flowers and all of that stuff and animals. I know there are some, but in general, in general, in a lot of ways, we do pretty well with black and white. Maybe a bee wouldn't see the red that he needs to see to be able to go after the flower that he needs to be attracted to. But for the most part, color's extra and God gives us that color. That's a background blessing that's beautiful. I walked out the back door a while back and I saw there a cactus that I've been seeing there for a long time. I put it there. The various shoots, I guess you'd call them, of this particular cactus are not all that impressive. They're not ugly. They're kind of pretty in their own way. I like them because they don't have six-inch-long thorns on them that will absolutely skewer you if you happen to touch it in the wrong way. They're pretty enough. They multiply easily. You can stick them in a pot of soil, and boy, they go to town. But what I'd forgotten was that a friend had told me that these things have amazing blooms when they bloom. They bloom very, very rarely. You'll never know when they're going to bloom. I don't know at least why they're ever going to bloom, but when they bloom, they're gorgeous. And sure enough, the other day I walked outside and I looked over there and there was a bloom. The thing looked, yes, beautiful, but it also looked kind of like a space alien. I never saw anything like that. It was gorgeous. And then you see the pods that are indicating they're going to be more blooms. I don't know why. I don't know why at that particular time. I don't know what we did, if we did anything. I just watered the thing occasionally. But here come these beautiful, gorgeous blooms. I walked out the back door. I didn't expect this beautiful background blessing of a beautiful cactus flower that just suddenly showed up. That's a pretty neat thing in its own relatively small way. In its own relatively small way, that's a pretty big thing. And I'm thankful for God's blessings in those regards. I looked out the other day. They're all around us if you just look. I looked out the other day. We had some of the grandkids here. I think five out of the seven were here a week or so ago. It was fun. It was a neat time. And I looked out and two of them were heading over toward the trampoline and they were going to have a big time. They were already giggling and laughing and they began to play their game and they began to imagine 
stories about who they were and what was going on. And let me just say that they decided that they would grow animals. They started out with cows, with dairy cows, and then they branched out. Before long, they were, in their minds and imagination, in our backyard, growing, I guess they said, killer whales. Yeah, it was killer whales. And I'm remembering one of those killer whales was named Vinegar. And then they branched on out further. They started raising dolphins. And then they started raising, believe it or not, sharks. But they pretty much let that go uh, fairly quickly because the sharks weren't just working out very well with the other animals. And so there was a problem there. Well, I just sat there and listened to them. I was a little ways off from them over there. I was just kind of making excuses. I went over and got on the trampoline with them later. But for my back's sake, I was waiting just a little while. And so, yeah, I made a few excuses. And then I just started enjoying it, just listening to them, being amazed at what they came up with. They are, of course, amazing children. Uh, yes, I, seven grandchildren, every one of them, of course, is utterly amazing. But I'll tell you, just listening to them and watching them was a huge blessing. And I started praying in my mind to God, thanking him for such a blessing. And I just prayed for him to bless them and bless the other grandkids and just to lead them and help them to be a blessing to other people. But they sure were a blessing to me that day. Just a background blessing as I watched those amazing little minds at work. And as they giggled, oh, I love those giggles. And as we played, oh yeah, what a wonderful background blessing. The background blessings that God gives us are many and wonderful. Just start looking, just list some of your own and you'll see, I think you're already seeing what I'm talking about because those background blessings just fill our lives. They're there all over the place. If we just open our eyes and look for them, what a great God we've got to fill our lives with such beauty and such joy and just surprise us with it over and over and over again. Oh, I know life can be tough at times. I know it can be harder than we maybe had ever imagined. But it's also more joyful in so many ways than any of us, I think, could ever imagine. And part of that joy are just those blessings that come and surprise us that God gives to us over and over again. Thank God for that. Well, usually about this time in the podcast, I throw a little bit of an ad in. And I will, but it kind of goes along with the little preamble here pretty well. A number of months ago, we started recording the rhythm tracks, the instrumentals, the main instrumentals for a new album. And if you've been much of a listener to these podcasts, you know that we put together an album entitled Almost Home. I think it's something that you might really enjoy listening to. Got some grand old hymns on it, some wonderful old gospel songs, a couple of newer things, and some of the older things done in a little bit of a different style. But I think we've treated it with a great deal of respect. The songs that, oh, like Rock of Ages, that you've known forever and ever, we may have done just a little bit of a twist on, but nothing that hurt it. I think something that you'll really, really enjoy. And so we've done that on a number of these songs. They are songs that a lot of us grew up with, and it just kind of takes us home, almost home, as we listen to these. At least I hope it does. I got to sing for some folks up in Amarillo yesterday. I thoroughly enjoyed the blessing of getting to sing for them. 
They seem to enjoy it too. It is just an incredible blessing to be able to share such songs of hope and joy, love and grace together with some really sweet people. I'd love to share these with you as well. The album is available in CD form. It's also available on USB. In fact, I've got a USB that has everything I've ever recorded on it. Four albums and an extra song or two and some other stuff. And so all of that is available at the website, www.curtisshelburn.com. No space between my names. And Shelburne has an E on it. I'd love for you to head over there and see what you think. Just click on anything you'd like to order, or if it's not available there in that respect, just send me a note on the contact submission form and tell me what you want, and I'd be happy to send it to you with an invoice. I'd love to be able to let you listen to some of this. Okay, we were talking about backgrounds, weren't we? Some background blessings. And so one of the first things that came to my mind is the incredible work done by two amazing background singers on this latest album, Almost Home. I've been privileged to work with some amazing folks and some amazingly fine folks who do background vocals, and that's been a lot of fun, and I can tell you stories about what we did on some of the previous albums. But on Almost Home, this latest album, the most recent one, we just had a great time putting those background vocals together. Melody Crittenden Kirkpatrick and Terry White are the background vocalists. Both of those folks are amazing in their own right. They can sing pretty much anything you want sung. They can headline just fine. They are incredible vocalists. But it's really amazing how they put their voices together and just listen to the song and what we've done and decide exactly what needs to go where regarding the background vocals. It's almost like a painting. You can see what the artist is intending to be the main focus of the painting, but before that is put in there, most of the time, he's got all the background stuff painted. And if the background is beautiful, then the foreground will be beautiful. My job was, again, just not to mess it up. We had all of the beautiful instruments there. We'd added a few extras. And then Melody and Terry came in and decided kind of what they wanted to do and suggested that, uh, you know, we might put a little background here or whatever. And they'd listen to the song and then go record. And good grief, they did a great job. You might be interested in a little bit of the background of this process by realizing that we had two background vocalists that we used, and most of the songs on the album kind of needed some background vocals. And so Melody and Terry, again, they'd listen to the song and make their suggestions about where the background vocals should go. Then they'd go in and record. It was amazing to watch them. What is also amazing is that in almost all of the songs where the background vocals showed up, they showed up in the voices of six people. No, I need to say that right. There weren't six people. There were two, Melody and Terry. There weren't six voices. There were two, Melody's and Terry's. But they were recorded six times. Each one of them was recorded three times. Two times three equals six. Okay, we're good. What they would do is sing through the first time, and then Steve 
Steve Dady's amazing studio there. Steve's a great engineer. Steve would say, or Daryl Bledsoe, my amazing producer, would say, okay, that's it. Now let's stack it. And they would stack it two more times, meaning they'd go back and sing over themselves two more times. The voices were added, making six, and so you have the background vocals. They really came together well. That may be more detail than you want, but this stuff fascinates me. I enjoy talking about it. I'll tell you this, some of the songs we could have gotten away without background vocals. We might have chosen not to do that, but I think we would have regretted it. And I don't know. I can't go back now and listen and say, well, I would have noticed a big hole there. That just wouldn't have worked. Maybe I can, because I really think I would have noticed the hole. But most people probably wouldn't notice the difference until they heard the song with the background vocals in place. And then they would say, I guarantee you, oh, that adds so much. That's so good. Listen to what they're doing with their voices. And the coolest thing is that their job was to be background. And so they want to sing just in the right way and just in the right place. And yes, of course, Steve, the engineer, would take what they'd done and he would do what he needed to with the volume and all of those sorts of things. But the product that they gave him to work with was fantastic. Those background voices added so much. And so again, you see, background blessings that add so much. Well, I hope you'll listen to the album. I've got my ad here kind of mixed up again with some of the preamble to all of this, but it kind of worked, don't you think? I'd like you to hear those backgrounds as well as the rest of it and see how all of this came together. www.curtisshelburn.com. And now let's focus on faith. Music with dinner, writes G.K. Chesterton, is an insult both to the cook and the violinist. In wordsmithing and in logic, nobody beats G.K. Chesterton, and I think he's right on this subject more often than not. If the musician is not very musical, if the violin or guitar or whatever is too loud or too close to your table and to your ear, well, it can be hard. If the music and the menu are mismatched, that can lead to indigestion too. You don't sing, you're the hangnail of my life, at a classy Italian restaurant. I've got to admit, it's pretty hard for me to imagine a venue of any sort that that song would help very much. And heavy metal doesn't aid digestion, or much else that I can see. But with apologies to Chesterton, and with your indulgence, as I'm obviously short on things to write about and talk about right now, I beg to differ just a bit in a minor key and on a personal note. I'm asked pretty regularly to croon a tune or two at dinner meetings and programs. If I'm the program, that usually means I'll have around 30 minutes or so to divvy up between singing and talking about the songs or whatever. For a guy who loves to sing, loves music, and enjoys telling stories about life and music, 30 minutes is a starvation diet, but I try to make it work. 
If our program time is limited, I like it when my hosts ask me also to provide a little, sorry GK, dinner music, and I become the vocal violinist. I think I've learned a little about how not to mess with the cook's meal or the diner's digestion. First, you let folks know that you know your job. During the meal, I want to provide for you a little music, but keep right on visiting. Right now, I'm background and nothing more. Bon appetit. And then you turn up the volume and you kick in with, thank God and Greyhound, she's gone. No, you don't. You do just the opposite. You turn the volume down. And here's the trick. During dinner, you stick almost exclusively with smooth, soft songs they know. Songs they enjoy having in the background. The songs are already in the background of their lives, and they've made their lives better. And so it's just good for them to hear those songs softly, quietly, nicely done, just in the background. If you foolishly force stuff on them that they have to work to listen to, well, that's just annoying. It messes with their meal. It messes with their dinner conversation. It takes work to listen to it. And they're not supposed to be working right now. They're supposed to be relaxing. Now, at the program time, I know they'll give me both ears. I can wait. And I'll try to give them some songs and some music worthy of the gift of their time. Then they'll consciously listen. Both parts of the experience are fun, I think. I like the program part. But you know, I also really enjoy getting to help folks just sit back, relax, enjoy what the cook's done, and tune into each other. That's the kind of time our world needs more of. And anytime we can add anything at all to a little beauty, joy, and peace, that's a blessing. And can I tell you a secret? I don't want you to fall face first into your spaghetti, but if we're in a kind of venue where you can just kind of sit back and if my music puts you to sleep, well, I think that's a pretty fine compliment and I'm glad to have given you just a little piece. I guess I should confess also, I've been known to give people a little piece during a sermon. I've seen a head or two flop. Oh, it's happened once or twice. No, it's happened more than that. You know what? That's kind of okay, too. We need some peace. And I sure am happy to have a part in providing some of it. I'd kind of rather do it with my music. You see what I'm talking about, I hope. Some of the best blessings of God are background blessings of whatever sort. They don't break in and demand our attention. They're not firework flashy. They're just quietly there. Beauty and joy and peace, real, present, rich, filling the background spaces of our lives, his flavor, his music. Well, again, thank you for joining us on this Focus on Faith with Curtis Shelburne podcast. I'm so glad you chose to join us, and I hope you'll come back and spend some time with us again. If you like it, why don't you tell some friends about it? Sure would appreciate it. Have a great day.